business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. It's five minutes past 12. Thanks so much for joining us once again. Today, we've got someone in the studio that we've spoken to before, and really it's about making life a lot easier. Cash flow, ultimately for businesses, is the real make or break deal story when it comes to that. If you don't have the cash flow, you can have all the orders, you can have all the wish, you can have a good name. But if you don't have cash flow, you're just not able to keep the wheels turning. And now South Africa has been hit by another anomaly that the rest of the world battle to understand. And that's an ongoing power crisis. Not knowing when you're going to have power, not knowing if you're going to have power, and not being able to plan. But there are alternatives and there are solutions, but they come at a price. And often once your business has been hit over the last year, two, three, by COVID and by electricity cuts, you're really on your knees, almost unable to go forward. There is a solution, but you're unable to afford it. And that's why it gives me great pleasure to welcome back Eddie Michael, CEO of Payable, to the show. Eddie, welcome back to High FM. Hi, Aviv. Thanks so much for having us again. Great to be on the show. No Good problem. afternoon. I think of you often. Every time I hear it is a <laughs> printer problem or someone can't connect to a printer, I keep thinking, yeah, Eddie Michael told me he doesn't have a printer in his business. So <laughs> whether you worry about how to connect to a printer. Anyway, so, that, when you started your business, did you really think you would be financing solar solutions? No. In uh, 2016, 2017, when we were ideating uh, Payable, we had such a different plan for A, where South Africa was, and B, where our business was at that point in time. Um, just shows you that classic question when they turn around to say, where do you see you yourself in five years' time? The HR question. No one would have predicted uh, COVID plus all these other types of load shedding that we've been hit with recently. And yet, all it's really about, it's about resilience, about being resourceful, about applying different things. I heard the other day that, I can't remember which car maker it was, a certain car maker started out as a cork maker. They used to make corks for bottle tops. That's, that was the factory was. Um, I don't know if it was Honda. One of those companies started out in Japan as a cork maker. And, you know, it's all an opportunity and re-machine their business. But let's maybe go back for the benefit of our listeners to the very beginning. Tell us a little bit about Payable, how you guys started it, and what your original plan was. Sure. So we are an online digital lender. Uh, again, to your earlier point, we, we have no printers, which means that businesses across the country in South Africa can come onto our platform 24-7 um, and apply for credit. The types of credit that we offer are short-term working capital solutions for small, micro, and medium businesses. And what that means very practically is we make available trade finance um, as well as asset finance as well as international trade finance. When we last spoke, we spoke a lot about our international trade finance offering that we, we just launched. Um, and now more recently, we have um, evolved and adapted our 
asset finance solution to cater towards the needs of two distinct markets that we've seen. So the first being installers, resellers, retailers um, of backup power solutions now. So what we started to see was an influx specifically of installers coming to us and saying, we've secured a whole bunch of orders on both uh, residential and business. But we need to purchase the stock. Um, business is actually thriving, but we can't keep up with the demand. Um, our suppliers refuse to give credit because there's such a backlog in terms of stock availability. So they need us to come to us to secure that stock by um, needing a deposit or to pay up front for everything. So that was the one market that we started to see a lot more demand towards the end of last year. Um, and the second is adapting our asset finance solution, which we, we – Got it into quite a nice groove um, during COVID where we started to do a lot of laptops, um, allowing people to work from home. Um, uh, and then what we started to see was now there was a lot of demand for small, medium, and micro businesses to have some form of a backup power solution. Uh, we constantly would make contact with our customers um, and our supporters. Suppliers and they turn around and say, sorry, we can't actually do anything because uh, it's load shedding. And we, we knew we needed to develop something around that. On that note, let's take a quick break. Let's run to the shops quickly. I think the lights are on at the moment and we'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. It's 12 minutes past 12. That's a nice time. And on the line with me is Eddie Michael, CEO of Payable. Eddie, I was just scrolling now quickly through the press release that you put out. Um, it's one thing to finance um, backup power solutions, but you seem to become a bit of a power expert yourself um, as to yeah. what things to buy and how to buy. I'm sure you had to do a lot of research before you were prepared to take risks on people going to buy stuff because ultimately if that equipment failed, you would be left carrying the can because they wouldn't be able to afford to pay you. Absolutely. So, uh, interestingly, what had happened um, during last year was there was quite a bulk paper shortage. We do quite a lot of work in the stationery and paper wholesale industry, um, helping finance resellers in that world. And because there was a massive A4 shortage, um, all of a sudden our customers were coming to us and asking us to settle at suppliers that were not our typical suppliers that we'd settle with, and they weren't passing our vetting criteria. Um, and because of that shortage, a whole bunch of brand new guys wanting to take a chance on different things uh, started these businesses in inverted commas. Um, but it was actually just pure fraud. And we actually learned quite a lot through that experience. And from that, um, applied it now into this backup power space, which to your point, we had to now learn a heck of a lot um, around what is a viable solution, what isn't, who is a supplier that you can work with. Because literally overnight, as you can imagine, there was a whole host of people saying that they could supply things, um, which they which they clearly couldn't. So we thought about the market, um, specifically the um, – SME market in three distinct segments. So we call them small power requirements, medium power requirements, and large power requirements. And again, we're talking about businesses, 10 to 15 people inside of it. We're not talking about the really large power guys. That's, that's not the market that we play in. But essentially, if you look at those different segments, the small power, um, the small power segment is typically a trolley-based inverter system. So those are the ones that they can wheel around. You can literally go to a retailer, you can buy it from them, and you can come home and you can plug it in. Um, when we first started, 
those were retailing for about six or seven thousand rand. Um, again, depending on the type of business, it could be quite a big expense for that business. Um, or they may need some, some assistance from a cash flow perspective. Uh, but more recently, that number's pretty much doubled. Um, and you may need two. Uh, so all of a sudden those costs start to rack up. And the reason why those, those trolleys have um, increased in price is because they've had to move the technology away from the lead or gel acid based batteries into the lithium iron based batteries. Um, and the fundamental difference between those two is the number of cycles that you can get out of a battery. So on the, on the lead based, the lead acid batteries, You'd be getting 150 to 200, maybe 300 cycles if you were lucky. When South Africa hit stage six at the beginning of this year, um, you know, that was almost three times during the day that your battery would need to get, um, cycled. So if you take 200 divided by three, you've got 60 odd days that, uh, your, your backup power solution would be working for you. And then, and then the battery really doesn't, uh, doesn't work after that. So all of a sudden customers started to get incredibly frustrated that they'd forked out all this money, but they, they weren't able to actually get it. Um, so there's been this big move now into, into lithium-ion batteries. So that's why there's been an increased cost. So that's on the small power segment um, that we see. The next one up is a medium power. And, and again, customers need, and customers, businesses need to be open for at least eight hours of the day. Um, when stage six hit and there was times during the day where you were out for four hours and back on for two and out for four, that literally meant that you were working less than you were actually available. Um, and in, in that environment, you would typically need a three KVA to a five KVA based converter with some potentially type of automatic switchover, which means you need electricians and it starts, those costs start to, to rack up. Uh, no business necessarily wants to go and fork out 55, 60,000 Rand for just basic power. So that's our, our medium power segment. And what's quite nice about that segment is potentially if you install the right inverter, you can then upgrade in time to solar, start to get the obviously the electricity savings plus the potential tax savings. Um, and then the larger one, which in some of our small-scale manufacturers and maybe um, the slightly bigger retail shops, they need a much bigger solution, so a 5 kVA up to a 12 kVA. Um, and then general, you, you really need someone to guide you along that process. So we've learned a lot through the process. We've, we've learned to identify when something doesn't really make sense, but we obviously partner with our accredited suppliers and other installers that we work with to make sure that it's the right solution for the customer. Um, I'm just going to comment that's come through here. If I wanted to source my own equipment, not from a supplier that is approved by payable, would they finance me? Yes. So the short answer is yes, but the slightly long answer is that they're going to have to go through our vet. The supplier um, would need to meet our vetting requirements, and we're doing that to protect our potential customer. So um, a quick example, we've had quite a few times where customers have sourced their own equipment. Um, they've uploaded it onto our platform, and our platform actually has rejected those quotes, those proformers, those invoices that they've wanted to fund. Um, and the reason being is that all of a sudden they've they've found the equivalent of the Ferrari of inverters, but they're paying the Honda price for it, um, which just doesn't make any sense. Or, for instance, the supplier isn't VAT registered, or the banking. There's lots of reasons why that they, they wouldn't pass um, those vetting requirements. But, yes, the answer is that they can, um, but it, we'll need to check it first. Um, it is something that I'd like to discuss with you, just going back to what you said before about the paper issue. Um, 
it must have been very tempting at times for you guys to sit around the, the, the virtual boardroom as directors and say, guys, maybe we need to just drop our standards a little bit. Maybe we need to become a little bit more open and expose ourselves a bit more. This looks very, very, you know, profitable. How does one avoid the greed and make sure that you stick to your guns and you do what is prudent? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, because it is incredibly tempting when all of a sudden there's this pent up demand that you almost don't need to, to look for and it's coming through and it seems like it's call it the equivalent of a slam dunk. Um, and you just have to almost remember that when something's too good to be true, it probably is. And the problem as we're seeing in, in cycles, you know, the interest rates are up and all these and, and other things in the economy at the moment and load shillings hit, um, is you pay for it much later on. And with all lending businesses, you have to have quite a distant view into the future and you don't always get it right. But you have to go, let's not make mistakes that, you know, others have paid in the, made in the past or we've potentially made in the past as well and stick to your knitting, um, put your head down and just focus on what you're good at. Great. Eddie, we need to run to the shops again and take a bit of a break. Um, but when we come back, what I'd like to do, uh, talk about is the next stage of financing. Um, I know that a lot of people are sending me messages through now about private homes, residential homes. Let's discuss it when we come back. Craig, let's take a quick break. This is RV on Business. Ellie, let's come back to uh, just, just let everybody know if you've just tuned, tuned in. We're talking to Ellie Michaels, the CEO of Payable. And really they've branched out now um, in a big way into providing so um, power solutions to build small businesses. Eddie, what's about the average Joe out there? If you take uh, the listenership of High FM, I'm sure on a daily basis there are tens of people installing solar. It costs big money. Maybe they don't have the cash. Maybe the bonds are already accessed. Are you an option for them to approach? So, unfortunately, we are not an option for uh, residential installations of solar. Um, so, we can't provide credits to consumers. We only provide trade and asset finance to, to businesses. But that being said, if there are installers that they've come across, you know, they're asking them for big upfront deposits. And one of the reasons why they're saying is that they need a deposit is because they've, you know, almost putting it on the customer to pay them upfront because they need to purchase it. They could re- in turn refer that installer, that electrician, um, that small business that's helping them to come to us. We then could bridge the cash flow gap on behalf of those um, installers. And then, you know, that that is one way potentially to ease it um, for all parties involved. But on the on from a residential perspective, there are a host of finance options available to them. So for instance, if they've tapped out the equity on their bond, the banks have um, put together quite a large variety of different options now. But if that doesn't work for them, there's a whole host of solar as a service providers. Um, and in some ways, those solar as a service providers are easier to use as a consumer than they are as a business. We're finding businesses are actually the ones struggling the most to get access to this type of finance. Whereas in the residential market, there's, there, there really is a huge variety of options available to them. And you've just hit the nail on the head because Patrick has come through and says, it looks like I fall between the cracks. I run a small business from home. I employ two people full time. Um, I cannot get it through a solar provider. Would I be able to approach your guest for finance? I run an accounting practice. 
Yeah, should be if it's a registered business. Um, obviously it has to go through the process. We can't, we can't make promises while we're, while we're live, but we, we certainly will, will do our best to, um, help every, every business out there. Fantastic. Let's just, um, answer one little question that came in here. Interest rates are very, um, volatile. They're on an up process at the moment. I think what the client means is it's on an upward tra- trajectory at the moment. How do you fix interest rates over the time that I have to pay the money back? Are they asking uh, from the business's perspective how we keep our um, rates to them fixed? So, so, yeah, so, so Payable is quite different to some of the other alternative finance providers is that when we quote, we have a fixed pricing arrangement with that will remain the installment over the tenure of that loan. Um, we also provide much shorter-term working capital solutions. So if it's on our trade finance side, that's between one to six months. And if it's on our asset finance side, it's it's from one to, to 12 months. Um, and again, the reason being that there are a, ho- a host of options available to businesses that want much longer-term um, finance. What we found was, was quite a a nice niche was that um, customers were saying, we don't want to pay this off over five, six, seven years. Um, we don't have the cash right now, but, you know, we're quite comfortable that we can pay this out of our monthly cash flows over the next six, nine or 12 months. Um, and again, we can't be everything to everyone. Um, but from from our perspective, if they were into into a finance agreement with us, the rate, the, the rate is 100% fixed over the term of that agreement. Fantastic. Eddie, the, the line's dodgy for some reason, but let's forge ahead. Um, if you can try to look into your crystal glass, um, you know, if I would have asked you three years ago, we wouldn't be having this discussion today. But what do you guys see as potential assets or finance for businesses that you'd be looking at going forward? Uh, so um, we will finance pretty much anything providing that it meets our, our underwriting criteria. So if a business is a legitimate bona fide business, it's registered, it's in South Africa, they're looking to purchase stock for that business or they're looking to purchase assets, whether it be a coffee machine, a printing press. Um, we don't really place restrictions. Obviously, it has to be legal. Um, but besides that, we we have a very open policy when it comes to looking at uh, um, stock and asset financing. So there's not specific things that we – we definitely won't do. Um, we have quite a different way of viewing the world from an underwriting perspective to classic underwriters. Um, so we place an element of emphasis on the stock and assets that they're buying, but it's not the only determinant of whether they'll get finance. Okay. I think you've opened yourself to a, a can of worms over here, um, maybe figuratively and literally. <laughs> not too long to know, do you finance agriculture in any way? Um, so we, we we're not specialists in agricultural finance, um, but we certainly have done quite a bit. Um, interestingly enough, quite a lot with drone technology, where customers were looking to um, rent different types of drone technology to. Uh, again, I'm not the, the expert on farming, but arable, whether the land was arable or not, um, and, and we facilitate quite a few agreements around that um, and some other small-scale um, farming, farming equipment for a few of our customers. So the short answer is is yes, but we're by no means specialists in that world. Okay, so Noctulos continued, and she says, um, I have a contract of what, one of the big retail outlets to supply chickens, um, I currently have two plants up and running, 
but I could extend it up to three or four. Um, would payable look at financing new chicken breeding houses for a business like this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would encourage anyone that uh, thinks that we could be a good fit for their business to go onto our website at www.payable. P-A-Y-A-B-I-L-L dot biz, B-I-Z. Um, online registration, they'll know within a minute if they potentially um, qualify. It's a really simple process. It's easy. Um, can do it 24-7, and I would encourage anyone that thinks that there's a potential for to go there and have a look. Okay, so I've just got an SMS in um, that I'm going to read because it's, uh, it's a bittersweet um, sort of scenario. <laughs> This person anonymous says, I've been running a business for the last 10 years. I am not registered. I do not pay VAT, but I run a successful business and employ 10 people. However, all the vehicles I have bought are bought on my own name, and I need to finance another two, and I cannot get any more financing from the bank. I take it that your guest would not look at us because we are not registered. Question mark, question mark. Yeah, so unfortunately, and that's more for compliance reasons than from our risk appetite perspective. Um, so it's, it, there would need to be a registered CC or PTY, um, to get finance from, from payable. And again, it's, 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 it's really for compliance reasons, not for, because we're looking to be difficult. Fantastic. Okay. Elliot, I just want to ask you going forward, we are in at the moment at a, an interest rate increasing cycle which tends to give us the idea that inflation is starting to kick in, prices are starting to rise. The moment that happens, the mechanism that the Reserve Bank uses is the interest rates to make capital more expensive so that people borrow less and therefore buy less, which sort of tries to starve the inflation aspect of it. But on the other hand, if people are not buying, the economy doesn't get moving. And one thing we desperately, desperately need in South Africa is, is a purchasing economy. People are buying and people are spending. It turns the money around. It generates VAT, et cetera, et cetera. When it comes to, to your business, how do you see the growth going forward in an increasing interest rate cycle? Yeah. So over the last couple of months, we, we've seen um, certain months there's been a rush to buy stock. Other months, specifically when load shedding was really bad, is – the businesses get antsy and they don't know what to do and they, they don't want to take such a forward view of the world, you know, in, needing to import stock and things like that. Um, but we need – the businesses need what, – what we see is small businesses, medium businesses, micro businesses, they don't really have many options. They they need to go and they need to work and they, and they just need to go every day and plow that back into the economy so that it carries on. So – the interest rate is a pretty, as we all know, it's a pretty blunt instrument to curb inflation. Um, but businesses, specifically in this segment, they really don't have options. Um, now, we've seen a little bit of reprieve with low shedding. Uh, we're definitely seeing um, a lot more interest coming through again to start opening up on the international side. But again, you know, the, the RAND's been all over the show. The last couple of days, a little bit of a reprieve. Um so we're definitely seeing people starting to show some interest again to say, oh, we don't know where this is going. We need to buy stock. But, you know, it's it, I hate to make forecasts because they're generally wrong. The only thing that I can say for certain is most people 
just need to get on with it. Um, and that's what we see to how we started the show. There's a huge amount of resilience in this country. Um, and with all the negative sentiment and everything else that is going on, at the end of the day, they have to take their key and they have to open up their shop um, and they need to be able to purchase stock and assets in order to do that. You know, exactly. And then uh, George has just sent through a message. He says, I own three retail stores. We sell um, food to the lower LSM, um, basically non-consumables, and we have refrigerators for consumables. Our challenge is that our margins are very, very slim. And what we find is that we need to borrow money for longer periods of time to bring in items when they are not available. Are we able to sit down with your guest and work out a tailor-made solution that suits us, or do we have to fit into the pre-established financial models? We, it would need to be evaluated, but again, the first step in the process would be to to apply, um, and we could definitely get one of our um, sales executives to be in touch and see if there is something that can be done. But I, I would still encourage anyone that's looking to apply with us, because if we cannot help, we have a host of other partners that we work with, um, if it's either too big for us or potentially too small for us, whatever it may be. Um, and we always try and make a solution for customers um, to help them along their way. Eddie, just in your own business, have you, um, has this whole asset financing section that's dealing with power supply, has that caused growth in your business from a, a, an amount of people that you've employed, from a turnover that you've done? Yes, so for, for in specific segments, um, absolutely. So we, we, we've gone and created new products, um, around these solutions. Um, so we, we definitely see, we're definitely seeing growth on that front, both on the trade finance side. Um, so we, we always had been helping installers. Um, and what we found is that there are, uh, they used to buy X. Now they started buying Y, which was much more catered towards backup power solutions. Um, but what we started to see are customers that potentially had maybe only used us once or twice in the past two or three years ago, um, but then saw that we had made these products available, have now pivoted from using our trade finance solution for a need that they had previously um, and are now using it in another place, as well as their new customers coming through some of our channel partners. So we are definitely seeing growth coming from it, but it's by no means our entire business, the pocket of our business. And that's exactly why I asked the question that way, because often you'll find that, is a, is a new product. It really has a lot of traction. It takes off, but it does it at the detriment of an existing product. People move preference or change preferences. Um, and often it doesn't really change the turnover that much. It just sort of shores it up and makes sure that it can, that it continues to grow. Um, Eddie, just from doing business in South Africa, one thing that I, I see from not living in the country anymore and dealing with people from all over the world, is that as much as it's almost embarrassing to speak about South African load shedding and unfortunately the pothole situation, within the same breath, we say very strongly and powerfully and proudly that our banking, our finance, our medical, our dental is almost unparalleled anywhere in the world. There are certain aspects of the South African economy that are just mind-boggling how advanced they are compared to our peers. When you look at similar business of like yours around the world. Do you find that you hold your own? 
We we definitely do hold our own specifically um, with how we've contextualized it within the South African market. So there are a host, obviously, of finance providers um, that do similar things to us um, around the world. But just as a um, – and I think this – Amplifies the point that you're making. Um, in the, in, in, call it more first world countries, how they were credit vetting customers a few years ago. Um, just their mechanism for how they collect their money and how they collect information around a customer was quite cumbersome. Um, and there were certain things that South Africa had already adopted, you know, in the early 2000s around being able to retrieve information from different credit bureaus and to be able to get your bank statements and things like that, that these first world countries hadn't even adopted um, and had no idea really what was going on. So when we actually started Payable and started to implement some of our digital underwriting and vetting technology, um, in some ways we could vet customers quicker than some other more developed first world countries. Um, and again, it speaks to this resilience that sits in, you know, your car, you may have to drive over the pothole, but then at the same time you have, um, incredible technology that's been made available through all these different sectors. Yeah, and that's exactly it. It's the, the just the resilience of South Africans and the you know the creativity that comes up with it. But Eddie, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for coming back on, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking to you soon about something else that you're looking at. Uh, you you are busy providing to the market, not that people uh, should suffer, so that you could provide a solution, absolutely. but that yeah. you come up with something absolutely innovative. And all the best to you and to your partners. And for every business that is successful, there are people that it employs, there are taxes that are paid, there are money that's pumped into the economy, and you guys created this from scratch. So, Kolakavod, well done to you guys, and all the best. Thank you. Thank you, Avi. Thank you for having us on the show, and obviously, thank you for providing this platform. It, it really is a great opportunity. Fantastic. And Craig, I apologize about the poor alarm. I don't know what's going on. But thanks, everybody, for listening. We will chat to you next week.